Welcome to the UDIA Queensland's Development Drum Podcast, where we speak to members and ask them to share some property industry insights and at the same time, get to know our industry colleagues a little better. My guest today is Tanya Martin, Senior Development Manager at Lendlease. Tanya has over 20 years of planning and development experience, having worked for consultants, government and industry over that time. She's been with Lendlease for over 17 years, starting as a planner and working her way through to Senior Development Manager. In her time at Lendlease, Tanya achieved approvals for large-scale projects including Yarra Bilba and Elliott Springs. She's currently leading the team delivering Keenar Valley. In her spare time, left after work and family, Tanya enjoys good food, good company and a good laugh and that definitely makes her our kind of people. Thank you for joining us on the Development Drum, Tanya. Thanks. I do want to get into the good food, less yeah. so the good company, but more yeah, so yeah, the good yeah. wine yeah. later. Yeah. So we'll we'll just uh, we'll bookmark <laughs> that and we'll come back to it. So incredibly interesting times in terms of where the industry is at. It's been a really challenging couple of years and incredibly difficult to deliver stock to market to house a growing population and very much the topic of a large number of news articles and a housing summit. Do you think that we need to start to rethink the way that we plan and deliver our communities of the future, given all of those challenges and just the sheer scale of time it takes us to get housing to market? I do think we need to rethink processes in how we get land to market. It's almost like industry, government agencies, local government, federal government, we all need to get on the same page and be quite realistic about our programs on how long it takes to get to market. We also need to be open with the community in how we communicate Mm. what the process is that we have to go through to get land to market. Yes. It's a silent process from a community perspective, which creates a vacuum for information just to be plugged in, which isn't always accurate. Mm. And I think from a community person's perspective, they see it as a very quick process. Yes. When in actual fact, There is land that's been planned for decades before it actually gets to market. Yeah. So I think that is really the first step in getting land to market, getting proper planning processes in place and using particularly our regional plan and that process to forward plan, to actually have land that's there for the next 50 years so that we can get those processes happening and bring the community along Mm. for the journey. I hate that word. Oh, no. But along for the journey. But what else do you use? (laughs) It is interesting, isn't it? Because I know we tend to have those spits and spurts of community engagement around the regional planning Mm. process. And that's really only the start of of that particular process, isn't it? But then it can be, I mean, using some of our current growth areas, 15, 16 years plus before we actually get people into homes, into areas that are inside the urban footprint. Mm. So it is about having, I think you're right, that continuing community Mm. conversation around planning, development, growth. Mm. change. And probably ditching the jargon that Mm. we use. And I know that there's very formal and they're very effective formal community consultation processes in place for different types of legislation and different plans that come through. But explaining where it is in the process of delivering land, I think that piece isn't fully understood by the community. Yeah. I don't think they know how to engage in the regional plan consultation. And I don't think they fully appreciate what a colour on a plan means Mm. at that level because it can actually mean it's decades. It could also mean it's five years away. Yes. There's no real timing 
piece in the regional plan that gives a bit more colour to the community around that piece of timing. And that sequencing. Um, yeah, yeah, and they could, that, I think that is what really makes them feel like, oh, this is all happening very quick and yes. there's change happening tomorrow. Yes. When in actual fact it could be 10, 20 years away, 30 years yeah. away. So it's an interesting dilemma mm. that we need to get our head around. Yes, and the media is a big part of that too. Completely. I know yeah. um, speaking to them will often be about a new growth area or a new yeah. announcement is being made at a growth area and they'll say, oh, that, you know, they've just discovered the yeah. area seemingly, yeah, yeah. but it might have been in the regional plan for 17, yeah. 20 years, mm. but no, it's just been discovered. Yeah. So you're right, that's the most challenging thing, isn't yeah. it? For us to wind ourselves back from all the jargon, yeah. all the planning talk yeah. and explain it in a really sensible way. Yeah. Like even from, I'm a planner, a planning background. For your planning sins. Planning schemes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but planning schemes are volumes yes. of who knows what, when in actual fact people just want to know what's being developed, what can be developed on the land and when can it be developed, which is a really easy communication piece. Yes. Which I think has been complicated by just process. Yes. Understanding why it's there, but we still need to be able to communicate what it all means. Yeah. Because as you say, otherwise people feel that it's just turned yeah. up on their doorstep yeah, yesterday. Yeah. 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 Now you've worked on some incredibly complex approvals and acquisitions in your time at Lindley's. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed every moment of it, I hear. Loved it. What's been your greatest <laughs> challenge? Different challenges with each project. Elliot Springs, it was Rocky Springs when I worked on it, but Elliot Springs it was, I think it's. St- it was still to this day, the only residential project that triggered the bilateral agreement underneath, e- under EPBC IPA at right. the time. And only mines were triggering the bilateral agreement. Right. So we had to go through that process where every single state agency had approval rights, plus the federal government, right. plus local government, and it was a state-led process. So it was DIP at the time right. in Townsville. Yes. They, they were the coordinators for okay. the whole thing. So it was extremely complicated and was seen somewhat to be out of sequence, even though it was in a regional plan. Yes, so that was the perception yes. thing as well. Yarrabilba was really a, a complicated from a planning perspective because it had gone from Bow Desert to Logan and then a PDA. PDA. So it had a bit of a yes, complicated of planning process and historical issues around that where it had been assessed by three different authorities over time. And then uh, Pine Valley or Kinmar Valley, as it's now known, it was really that engagement piece. Mm -hmm. The community engagement was a really important piece to the project and getting the community as an advocate for the project was really a key part of our strategy. I don't think we really realised it at the time, but as we started to go through the process, we realised just how important it was. I think that was the big learning curve for us through that assessment process. Knowing that one of your first steps was mm. to get the community on board or at least mm. aware of the project, was that a bit daunting? It was so scary. Yeah. I even well, say my, to all the people I still communicate, which like I've made lots of really great friends through the process, I've never been more scared in my yeah, life. Yeah, it's interesting. It's probably calling. easier dealing with an EPBC Completely. process yeah, yeah, than, yeah. than going out there yeah. and knocking yes. on doors. and. yeah. And going to people's houses. Yes. Lots of cups of tea, Tanya. Yeah, lots of cups of tea. It was an awesome learning experience. I had a bit of a community consultation background when I worked for a consultancy and I did community consultation when I worked in London on Woodbury Downs, which is the largest council housing estate in the UK. I did their consultation, which was interesting. So I had a little bit of a background, but I would not say I'm an expert by any means. 
yes, it was daunting, but definitely made the project. The community held us to what we, like mm. they've held us account mm. to what we promised. And we're now trying to deliver on those promises yes. and ensuring that that engagement continues. Like we still talk to them daily sometimes. Yeah, wow. So it yeah. is that it's really important to yeah. keep them up to date. And I imagine yes. things change through the council yeah. approval process, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is part yeah. of that loop. And I think we've all, like the community and I have become more wise to what we need to communicate. Yes. It became very evident up front that if we weren't both honest through mm-hmm. the process, then it would never work. Yeah. So it goes from both sides. You yes. have to give up a little bit of, yes. um, well, you have to trust each other no matter what yeah. at the beginning. And I think that takes time. But once you've got that, then you can be quite open and say, okay, this issue has come up and here are some possible solutions. What's the best from your perspective? And then, then everyone knows that you're weighing up lots of yes. perspectives and there is a process. And during that process, do you have to talk to them quite openly about? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that's just not. So the water park idea is just not feasible yeah. on this side. Yeah. You, you have to walk them through that. Yeah. What's the reaction to that message? Yeah. Luckily, we haven't had too many where okay. we had to say no. The The beauty of the Kinmar Valley project was when we started consultation, we had literally just lodged it. So yes. the plan was not finalised by any means. Yeah, which is um, a great starting point. Yes. I was going to say that was on our side. Yeah. We didn't have to worry too much about saying, no, 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 we can't change anything on yes. the plan because yeah. I think that really does make that conversation difficult. So we were able to say, okay, draw on a plan what you think it should be. More often than not, we were able to do that. Yeah. It was probably more process, yes. like talking everyone through process that we can't resolve the detail now because we need this approval to be able to get to the next approval to get to the next approval. So the planning process is actually the thing that is the hardest to explain. Yes. Well, it's the hardest to understand. Yeah. Because everyone wants to know the detail. Yes. But you're just not at that point and then when, when you're going through probably the biggest decision of the process. And then when you know the detail, you don't want to know the detail. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Now you spent some time working in the UK in the public sector and you briefly mentioned that. Is that experience been important in terms of your career? I don't think it did anything for yeah, my career. Right. But <laughs> it was by far the most fun I've was ever it? had. Yeah. So how long were you over there? <laughs> so I actually went to Cardiff Uni and finished my postgrad in planning and urban design over there. And it was really just my way to get overseas, to be honest. Yeah. And there was so a lecturer. I was foolish to finish mine in Brisbane. So it's a <laughs> lesson learned. <laughs> Someone gave me a scholarship, so I went to great, Cardiff. Great, great. Yeah. Sounds tough. <laughs> oh, that, that's a way of paying for a ticket overseas. Um, <laughs> yes, I finished my degree. Then came back to get my visa, went back and it was like I worked for London Borough of Hackney. I think they were the worst borough in the league ladder because there's a league ladder for everything over there and they were ranked and they were the worst. (laughs) (laughs) They... It was at the beginning of the new planning framework over there, which was... Oh, it was based on a document. I think it was called the Urban Renaissance or something. They were trying to. That was the start of the problem. I know, there's the start (laughs) of the. But there was this new sort of planning process. So essentially, planning schemes were being rewritten for all the councils across the UK. I went and worked at Hackney. It was just full of Antipodeans. We were all in our 20s. We were all on contract. We had no responsibilities. Right. 
and it was by far the best time I've ever I had. Bet. Yeah. Yeah. But we got to so I actually worked with a couple of guys that used to work at Redlands and oh, so there was a bit of a fantastic. Brisbane crew. Yes. And we were all in policy. So I think I wrote the sustainability appraisal tool. Great. For, yes. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Yep. I, I did community consultation on the Woodbury Down action plan and still have a letter from Ken Livingston telling me how much of a bad planner I was. Well, there you go. <laughs> Even though, and it was about the document, I didn't write the document. So yep. I still have that letter because I go. think that's the best letter I've ever received. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only up from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was really interesting. I was in charge of community consultation on this action plan, which was there were literally houses, like there were these buildings and you could see the floor downstairs. They were falling apart and they had them filled with people that were um, obviously quite vulnerable. Yes. But just a really mash of different cultures as well. Mm. So we did consultation for there was a very big Orthodox Jew community there. Yeah. So we had to do separate community consultation. Yeah activities for them. I had to do separate sort of female-male sessions. It was really, really interesting. We had a shop front. There was like an off-license and a convenience store and me in a shop front for two months. Incredible. Yeah. So it was was a lot of fun. So how long were you over there? 18 months. Okay. I think in total, yeah. Was weather a factor there? I hear you can generally only survive two UK um, No, no, no. Actually, my, my, my then boyfriend, now husband, had come back two days after okay. I arrived there. Oh, wow. I was sort of on borrowed time yes. the whole time I was there. So that's what brought you back to Brisbane? Yeah. I think my brother was getting married or something. Yes. So that was really the date. I thought, okay, I'll be home it's then. It's time. What aspects of your current role? Do you find most rewarding and most challenging? <laughs> so the most rewarding, I like the conversion of projects because yeah. people sort of leave you alone. It's usually a small team of people and it's all about problem solving. Yes. And you've really got to think on your feet. I like that aspect of it and I find it very rewarding. Um, when it came to the Kinmar Valley process, I found the community engagement piece really rewarding because yes, it's bet. really the first time. I'd gone into a process where we didn't have a plan Mm. that was locked in. So it actually was a two-way street, whereas in the past I've gone to the community with a plan and said, do you like it? No? Oh, well. And it's more planning documents that I've done that sort of work around. Yes, having that input and seeing obvious upside in the project Mm. in terms of design outcome because of their input. That's amazing. Yeah. To be able to reflect on it yeah. and say, you've actually made the project yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. And even when it came to finding environmental offsets, mm. and they always said, make sure it's local. So we were able to do things like that. They basically gave us the criteria and then it was up to us to go and solve the problem. Yeah. Incredible. So that was, that's the most rewarding. Did you say what was the most challenging? Challenging. <laughs> Oh, just trying to get things done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is mad out there at the moment. Yeah. I feel for the consultants because they won't listen to this, will they? No, not at all. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> so there is Name a names, lot let's happening. Go. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot happening. And I just think they mustn't be sleeping. Yeah. Because yeah. It it is the it, pace is incredible. Yeah, we're in a real crunch, aren't we? Yeah. I mean it's yeah. as you say, the pace in terms of trying to get product. To yeah. market yep. and get your way through yeah. all of the processes, all of the things that need to be done yeah. and all the time in a fairly constrained labour market. Yeah. Yes, just trying to find people. 
it's so difficult. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah. 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 So hopefully it does settle down a bit by the end of this year and it's a little bit more normal in FY20. Well, we, ho- we hope so. FY24. We hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the year of two elections. Excellent. Say, no, <laughs> it won't be normal at all. <laughs> be a different type of normal. <laughs> when I think of Tanya Martin, I always think really large-scale complex projects. Yeah. Um, Problem-solving skills to the max. What do you think now when you drive past places like Arabilba or you might not drive past Elliott Springs, but when you yeah. go to Townsville to yeah. see just what's been delivered on the ground now yeah. following a fairly long approvals process? Yeah, yeah. My brother is based up near Townsville, so I went to Townsville Excellent. about 12 months ago and went for a drive and showed my kids. Yeah, they were so not interested at all. They were like, can we go get McDonald's or something like that? Yeah. It, I like, actually, no, like, yeah, no, we exactly. will not be getting McDonald's no, until no, I'm finished. Until I have, you know, <laughs> driven around and yeah. enjoyed myself yeah. for five minutes. I, I loved going to that project because it's so lush up there. Yes. And it establishes so quickly, so uh, the landscape is in quite quickly, especially when, like, obviously during wet season yeah it looked like the plan which was really cool satisfying Um, yeah 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 I actually don't have much of a feeling outside of that for projects I actually it's more the realization when it starts selling that it's that's where people will live yeah and it's really like that is actually the really interesting bit that they get to bring their like piece of their world to the project yes and it's like a little patchwork of people and their lives. Um, we really just put the roads in and, you know, you try and deliver that, as much amenity as possible. Yeah. I also think during COVID, the burbs became Absolutely. like so important again, which is another really interesting question we all need to be asking ourselves during regional planning review mm. is, that will no doubt continue mm-hmm. because that is really, that's people's homes. Yes. Like we, of course, want all the, you know, hype and activity of a CBD and having really interesting cultural spaces. But I think that place where people live became quite important yes. during COVID and you know, it was yet again a focus for people. So I quite like the idea of the love affair with suburbia. Yes. It's pretty cool. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so I've never really encountered suburbia Whereabouts? ever. <laughs> like Colorado Bride, the middle of nowhere. There's yeah. 400 people. Yeah. And then went to boarding school. So I've never really lived outside of now. I've never really lived in suburbia, so it's quite weird that that's what I work in. It's um, <laughs> it, it was fascinating to see almost the walls of a home disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People really embraced their suburb yeah. or not. Yeah. It was an opportunity yeah. then for them to go, no, this doesn't really work for us. Yeah. Let's move. Yeah. And also creek corridors became really important. Yes. Because I think people like to go on long walks and, yeah, scootering and riding bikes. And I think those linear spaces all of a sudden had use. Our creek corridor became well used by us until one day we saw a snake. At that point onwards, I said, it's, That's it. it's, We're it's done. no more for me. <laughs> Well, yeah, I live your on father a creek, can take you. So I now I get lots of cre- like lots of yeah snakes. Yeah, okay. creek. Yeah, right. You can. I don't like. Snakes. You can have that Tanya. Yeah, no. no, of I'm- all animals, it's um snakes are not for me. <laughs> um, now you've had some experience both in public and private organisations. Yes. Yeah. How are they different? Well, it was at the end of the league ladder, obviously. So there were systems weren't strong there. Two consultants that I worked for, which was Mark Dooner and Associates, which then became Tracked. Yes. 
they had really strong systems and it was sort of back in the day where first it was really hard to get a job when I left uni. But it was also hard to get work from a consultant's perspective. So it was almost like everyone's in yes. and we're here until it gets done, Yes, which was really great for learning at the beginning of your career because you're sort of doing lots and lots of bids for lots of different mm-hmm. types of like big government or private or a public company. Lend-Lease is obviously, I've been here for so long now that I don't really remember before Lend-Lease, but the, the governance piece is so strong. And completely understand why. I think that's communicated quite well internally. Of course, that has its downsides as well in terms of just being agile. But I think no matter what, it's definitely the best way I've seen anything work in my sort of working experience with different types of companies. Yeah. And despite that fairly rigorous governance structure, I imagine too when you reflect on your experience at Pine Valley, you had a bit of a plan, but not a fully fledged plan. Yeah. And were able to go out and really formulate that from the yeah. ground up. It probably has trialed that system really well. Yeah, yeah. So it is and able it, to adapt. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's agile enough to be able to find the opportunities and to also solve any issues that come up, yeah. which is why I think it's just such a great system. Lendlease is also a company that is all about legacy as well, Yes, which I think gives it that really great grounding to enable all those systems to work. I imagine too as a brand when you yeah. do go out to have those cups of coffee, yeah. it's yeah. trusted, respected. Yes, yeah, yeah. Developers aren't. Oh, aren't, aren't they, Tanya? I can't understand why. All those good news stories that are in the newspaper daily. But I do think that it's quite funny. Every, whenever I called up someone from the community, I was fully expecting that they would, you know, hang up on me. No one did. Actually, everyone was more surprised that I rang. Yes. So they, coming from a low base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just like, oh, we're happy to come and talk to you. They all volunteered their time, which I just find amazing because yeah. it was a lot of hours. They're not anti-development. It, they're just anti-bad development. Yes. And I think that's probably the communication piece mm. that from an industry perspective we need to concentrate on yeah. and also government agencies need to concentrate on because I think that's what we're all trying to avoid Absolutely. is bad development. Yeah. Sometimes mistakes are made but we learn from them. It's never going to be perfect. I think if we could get that communication piece with the community right and learn from them as well on what they see as bad development, yes. that would help everyone long term. Do you think the community struggles to identify what it is a developer does? I think they know really quickly all the bad stuff we do because it is publicised. Yes. I don't think they have any idea, and this is not through their fault whatsoever, all the infrastructure that is contributed to or constructed by the industry. Yeah. That is just not communicated whatsoever. I know it's getting better, but there's just been no historical communication piece around that. So I think they really struggle with you don't upgrade the roads and yes. there's not, none of this is happening. And I think the other piece is scale and time are two things that community struggle to understand. Yeah. In saying that, I think everyone does yes. a bit yes. because getting your head around like the Rocky Springs project, I was trying to explain, Elliot Springs I should say, trying to explain this could be a 50-year project yes. and you drive to the other end of the site with someone from I think it was EPA or something like that at the time, probably Derm saying to them, we don't need to, like, this creek, we're not here for 50 years. So this will change. 
it wasn't until we actually took them out on site that they could really wrap their heads around yeah. that. Community don't get that. No. So I think it's a, and it's a hard piece to communicate unless you can go out there and say we're not here until year, you know, 2050. And that's hard to to contemplate for anyone, oh, isn't it? I know. You know, what will you be doing in 20 years yeah. time? I have absolutely yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to do the maths on how old I'll be yeah. either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, I always think of the Olympics so being in 10 years. Yes. And then I think, oh, wait there, my kids will be, well, my youngest will be in grade 12. Yes. So it's like I can't even wrap my head around it's that. It's a perfect time to be preparing them to compete. To though. leave yeah. house then. See, I'm, <laughs> I, I love that you're on how do I get them out of the house and I'm, I'm on how do, I, how do I get them on the, the podium. No, 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 that's the rule. When the Olympics are on, you're out. Right. <laughs> Crikey, it's, uh, <laughs> that comes back to the good food and good wine. Is that where those two things are? I went to boarding school at 10. Right. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So school I think 18 is really, that's quite old. Yeah. You're still at home. Right. <laughs> They're never leaving, essentially. No, but. My, stra- my strategy is to get netball into the Olympic Games. That's oh, yeah. really important. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then yeah. hot house my yeah. daughter. And then the training regime starts. That's the training regime. <laughs> <laughs> 50 passes at dawn and then we start. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Talk, it's funny, we were just talking about 20 years from now. Going mm. back to not that it was 20 years ago. It was over, sure. But go, just hop, skip and a jump ago. Yeah. Thinking about your 20-year-old self yes. and where you were then and knowing <laughs> what it is that you know now, Yeah. what advice would you give to our young Tanya Martin? Well, I think I was studying film and television. Oh, were you really? Yeah, yeah. so I was trying to just be the eternal student yes. at that point. Excellent strategy. Which, to be honest, was awesome and I would <laughs> just keep doing that. But I didn't, I actually, well, when I went to Cardiff, that was my last degree I did and that was at 20. I want to say 25. Yep. So I had a good five years more of just changing degrees in me at 20. Amazing. Yeah. So it was a good strategy. I liked yeah. it. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> oh, I've never really known what I want to do when I grow up. Yes. I still don't. Yes. I don't think I ever will. And I would probably just say to the, you know, 20-year-old Tanya, that's fine. Yes. You'll be okay. It, it'll be fine. You'll find something fun to do. Why were you drawn to property? What? No, my dad told me I had to go and finish okay. a degree. Right. So I finished town That's planning. That's what drew you to property. <laughs> yes. Dad said it's time. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'd done, I did film and television, then interior design. I don't know All why. All which I did has that. held you undoubtedly in good stead. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. Then I think I did graphic design for a bit. Yes. Then town planning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That so was, was quite at a the college of art for a long yes. time. I cannot draw. And I have not one artistic bone in my body. I learned that at a very young age that I could not draw. (laughs) I think I just thought that's the funnest uni to go to, so let's get into that one. That's a good strategy. (laughs) And would you you change things now looking back? Is planning been been a good career? I really liked planning just because it covers everything. It's quite a generalist. I liked the generalist nature of planning, which I think property echo is probably – the new one of that type of degree. Planning is probably more technical now yes. than what it was when I did it. Yeah. And I did it at UQ, uh, QUT, which was more design-based as well. It. So okay. it wasn't – IPA had literally come in when I was at uni. Yeah. So it was more about outcomes and design than filling in a form correctly yes. and making yes. sure legally you were hitting all the targets you needed to hit. Yeah. That was all very new. So, yeah, I enjoyed planning. But I don't think I would do it now. No, it's different. It's, it's way too technical now. It's way too legal. Yes. I probably would have done urban design. Yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah. 
found myself in the same career. Do you offer um, that, that advice to your consultants? No. <laughs> no, I'm a bad urban designer as well. I've got a master's in urban design. I've never, ever used it. Using it every day, I'm Mind sure. Mind you, I will have consultants if they listen to this. They will call me and say, no, 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 you, you email do. us in you the do. middle of the night with ideas. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but only the good ideas, Tanya. Only the good ideas the good do ideas. I send through. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, I'm sure that I think the property industry is very glad that you stuck with planning and that you continue to tackle all of those big projects. So it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the development drum today, Tanya. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to the UDIA Queensland Lands Development Drum podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us. Remember to rate and review this show on your favourite podcast app. While you're there, please make sure you click subscribe so you don't miss an episode.